Thanks for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you. You can text Rock of KC to 816-307-1611 for a connect card, and a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, church. Welcome to the building. As Drew has already said, welcome online community. Hey, we are throwing a party, heart and spirit, servanthood. Just going to celebrate all of you and others who are interested in being part of that that um, servanthood team that creates a space and a place for us to encounter God week after week and other people to encounter God for the first time in their life. So uh, get signed up. It's happening this Friday. And all God's people said, amen. All right. Hope to see you there. All right. You ready to get into the word? Ready for that word to come at you? Get up in your business? Even if it's not a word you want to hear? You know, the, uh, there's a saying that says, uh, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. There's a part in it that's not always true. It's God said it, that settles it. Your belief changes what happens inside of you, but it doesn't change God's word. Uh, are you following me? Are you flowing with this? God said it. Now, my belief, the scripture says, the word was preached to them. The book of Hebrews says the word was preached, but it did not profit them. It didn't profit those who heard it because they didn't mix it with faith. They, did, they heard it. They heard the word, and that's the deception. We think because we hear the word, we're good. That as long as we're sitting under the word, we're good. That can be some of the greatest deception in the earth because we heard a thing, because we went to a Christian school, because we did our catechisms, because we did these things that were good. That's not, that's only part of it. There's a mixture of faith and then action must be taken. I believe, therefore I spoke, the scripture says. Belief alone, <laughs> because true belief requires action. True belief means that I believe that if I invest my money with you, Jacob, that I'm going to get a return on it that's better than what I can do under my mattress. Uh, you hope so. You better more than hope, bro, because <laughs> hope doesn't pay the bills. I believe, therefore, I'm going to take action. So let's pray. Father God, help us today to not be merely hearers of your word. Help us today by the power of the Holy Spirit to receive this word and mix it with faith. Your word, God, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The word of God, which will not fade away. The grass may wither, the flowers may fade, but your word abides forever. And we pray for your living, abiding word, God, to change our minds and hearts today. To allow us, by grace, God, to mix this with faith and then to put it into action. 
so that you would be glorified and your word would not return void in us, but it would accomplish the purpose for which you send it. And that we would bear fruit and our fruit would remain. And we would so prove to be your disciples and glorify our Father in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. Let's read uh, out loud together this first verse that we have out of Deuteronomy 30, 19. Together. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness my thing's not going up, but anyway, <clears throat> nobody's back there, <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, we're live, <laughs> we're live, uh, see, we're, we're human, right, we're just human here, and uh, just, yeah, so I got a prompter, because we have people online, and I don't want to be looking down on my notes, and up and down, and up and down, and up and down, I get dizzy doing that. And so, uh, yeah, thank you, Corky, for going to the rescue. Let's try that verse together again. <laughs> hey, not re quite ready for prime time. We're good. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. Title this message today, The Choice is Up to You. The Choice is Up to You. Now, the reason we need to fully consider this is because we have a problem in our fallen nature. We have a problem that goes all the way back to Genesis. When Adam and Eve were in the garden and there was only one command, one command. It's like you only had one job to do. <laughs> that was it. All you needed to do was kick the extra point. That was it. You had one job. <laughs> Guys, you had one job. What was it? Do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was it. Everything else you enjoy. Everything else is for your pleasure, for my pleasure. We're good. But just don't eat of this tree and of course that's the one thing that the devil deceived them into doing and so when God came to bring accountability and personal responsibility what was their response what did Eve say first Eve said the serpent the serpent you put in the garden, he's the one that's at fault. Adam, what say you? God, that woman you gave me. <clears throat> that woman, that woman. And ultimately, they were both blaming God. You put the serpent in the garden. If you hadn't, then I wouldn't have been tempted and he wouldn't have talked to me. And so really, God, you're at fault. And Adam, this God, you gave me the woman. So I'm not responsible. And, and the last thing that we want to do in our fallen nature 
and our proclivity and our propensity is to not take responsibility. For, for, for someone, for, for two people, and you've seen it happen, that grew up in the same home, that had the same mommy, the same daddy, went to the same schools, turn out completely different. It had nothing to do with environment. <laughs> it had nothing to do, you know, nurture, nature, da 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 da, da. We go down there. It happened to do with the response of their hearts to the things that they experience. <laughs> Come on now. And I'm telling you, I feel attention already because we don't want to hear this. We do not want to hear it. We want to say it's their fault. It's always about their, their, them, they. It's like. How, what am I going to do? And this is what God says. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, uh, Joshua is telling the people, you're getting ready to go into the promised land and inherit the things of God. And you've got some decisions to make because you have the propensity to do as your forefathers did and follow foreign gods, marry foreign wives, create idols, and have an eclectic mixture of your religion. And you, it's just not going to go well for you. And I'm calling heaven and earth to witness today what you choose. What will you choose? The choice is up to you. My daughter-in-law has a saying for, for her two children. Now make a wise choice here. Now make a wise choice here. You, you need to make a wise choice. And they, they might be having a little, you know, a little issue. You know, kids can have issues. <laughs> they, can, uh, they can throw fits and they can get whiny and they can get manipulative. And, and, you, and as parents, you have to, you know, stay the course and be the parent and not just try to be their friend and bring some discipline and correction in their life. And so now make a wise decision here. You see, God created us in his image. Genesis 127, with free will and a capacity for choice that he chooses to honor. That's amazing. God gave you the freedom to choose, and he gives you the honor to choose. And people, well, why won't God, why won't God just do this, and why won't God just do that, and why won't God just, you know, stop you from those choices, because then you wouldn't have freedom to choose him then. If love is demanded, if love is required, then it's not love. Love has to be a willful, uh, free choice for me to love you, for you to love me back. If I command it and demand it, then it's not love. Now, God commands those. God does command us to love because he first loved us. As his creation. But he won't make you love him. He, he will not make you love him. When the disciples that were following him. Until. Until he started talking about. Drink my blood and eat my body. And like this. 
requirement to take up your cross and deny yourself and follow after me and don't return evil for evil or insult for insult and all this other thing, then guess what? Many of them found those sayings too hard and they turned and left. And he didn't chase after them and said, oh, guys, I'm sorry I offended you. Let me, let me lower the bar so that you won't run away. I just listened. I, I was up early this morning, like at three something. And so I was praying and God was putting people on my heart and situations and praying and reading scripture and devotions. And, and then I came across um, a, uh, an article on John somebody. He, he was a famous baseball coach and he's like 78 giving a speech and he came out with a home plate around his neck and he he didn't talk about it. He's got home plate around his neck. He's talking about things in baseball, and he's talking to these coaches and all these people from different levels and of uh, 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 play. And then he, got, then he finally gets to it, and he goes, why is it called home plate? Why is it not called fourth base? And then he flips it up, and he goes, because it's in the shape of a home. Yeah, that's why. And then he, you know, it's a home, and he goes, the home base is where everything is, is called safe or out and the, the plays are called. And, and he goes, and do you know how, how many of you know in Little League what size home plate is? How, how wide is it? In the 17 inches. How, how wide is it in, in high school? 17 inches. How wide is it in, in, in college? 17 inches. How, how wide is it in the Pony Leagues? It's 17 inches. How, how wide is it in, in uh, the Major Leagues? It's 17 inches. It's, it's home plate. It's, it always is the same. And then he had a guy come out with this big home plate that was like 25 inches wide. And he goes, but here's the problem. Here's what we're doing. We are, we are saying, oh, wait a minute. You can't, you can't pitch across a 17-inch plate? Oh, oh, no. We'll, we'll, do, we'll widen it for you until you can pitch a strike. That's not how it works. Okay? But that's what society's doing. And, and society is just widening the plate and lowering the bar. Because it's putting man at the center. And God is the center. He is God and he changes not. And so God's, God's not changing his nature and his character. God's not adjusting to, to our comfort zone or to what we're willing to do or what we want to do or how we like it. No, God is God. And this is the point that Joshua's making. You've got a choice to make. Today, right now, before you go into this promised land, are you going to put away your idols? Are you going to put away your excuses? Are you going to put away your foreign gods and your foreign ways that aren't that are contrary to the, what God will bless? Because if you if you say yes to me, then it will bring blessing. If you say no to me, or you want to try to bring mixture in, it's going to bring a curse. See, God says, I stand in, in Revelation chapter three. He's going through. The different churches, he's writing to them and saying, hey, you've got this, you've got this, but hey, you're lacking in this. See, that's called accountability. It's called, you're, you're coming up short. And I need you to put these things away. I need you to return to your first love. I need you to come back into perseverance here because you're getting, you're getting shallow, you're getting weak, you're getting thin, and you need to come back into alignment with an overcomer. 
And he says, but here's what he says, though. I stand at the door and knock. What is that? That's freedom to choose. You have a choice whether you let God in or not. He says to the churches, I am, I'm here. I'm bringing a report card. Here's where you're doing well, and here's where you're lacking. And I'm, I'm wanting to come in and help you with these things and to bring you back into compliance with what I want for your life and the blessing that I have for your life. But you get to choose whether or not you open that door. God will honor your decision to say, hell no. I just quoted a Bible word, so don't shame me for it. But seriously, we may never say that with our mouth, but in our minds and in our hearts, that's what we do. Oh, hell no. Medea. You see, if we do not believe he's omnipotent, we're unlikely to seek his power for our problems. If we don't believe God's all-powerful, well, why would we seek him? We, don't, we wouldn't. So there's a belief factor here. God, you are all-powerful. I'm going to seek you for your power, for your anointing in my life. If, if we do not believe he is omniscient, we are unlikely to seek his guidance for our decisions. I believe that God is omniscient. He knows the beginning from the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He lives out time. He lives outside of time and space so he can see what's going to happen. Where we are living in time and space so we can't always see what's going to happen. But God can. And so I believe that. So I'm going to seek him for his wisdom for every decision I make. God, I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. Because you see things I don't see. You see what's coming that I don't see what's coming. If we do not believe he is omnibenevolent, we are unlikely to trust that his will is best for our life. That, in other words, God is all good. God is a good God. He's just God. He's a holy God. He's a loving God. He's a merciful God. He's a trustworthy God. He's faithful. These are all things of God that are unchangeable. They're immutable. You can't mutate these characteristics of God. And he's good. And so I'm going to seek him and believe that, God, you know best. I may not understand your ways. I may not see you in this present situation, but I know that you're good. And I know that you've promised to cause all things to work together for good to those who love you that are the called according to your purpose. So I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to trust your goodness even when I can't see it. God says, I'm giving you two choices. One is a path to life and one is a path to death. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Proverbs 14, 12. How many of you have discovered that truth? How many of you have worked on God to get him to see things the way you see him? How did that work out for you? How many of you experienced that God went ahead and let you have what you thought you wanted and needed and it didn't quite work out as good as you thought. My hand's up on more than one occasion. I can't believe how many times that I have tried to convince God of his will for my life. Seriously. It's more than I want to count. It seemed right. There's a way that seems right. But the end is destruction. That's why we must never lean to our own understanding. 
That's why we must listen to godly counsel. That's why we must heed the word of God, regardless of our raging feelings and our carnal mindset and the natural man. We must trust God. Matthew 7 says it this way, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. What are these? We're talking, Jesus is offering choices here. You have a choice. There's a wide gate. You can go. Just go with the flow. Just go with the way of the world. Just go with your own thoughts. Just grab all the gusto. Go for it. Have a party. Have fun. But it ends in death. But there's a narrow gate. There's the door of the sheep. He's the shepherd. He's the good shepherd. You go through the door of the sheep. You go through Jesus. and He's a narrow way. It involves the cross. It involves sacrifice. It involves self-denial. It involves not the way of man, but the way of God. But here's the good thing. It leads to eternal life. It leads to no regrets. So one path brings Jesus into the situation, and one path allows the enemy to work. One way releases light, the other is filled with darkness. One choice brings blessing, and the other brings curses. Every choice we make places a door in front of us that opens an unfolding pathway. The choices we make that are righteous, good, pure, and of God unfold for us the path of life. The path brings us to God's blessing, His anointing, His will, and His purpose. Finding God's purpose and will in our life becomes a progressive unfolding of events as we make choices that are pleasing to Him. As we keep saying yes to God. We just keep saying yes to God. God, you bought me, you purchased me, you've forgiven me, you love me with an everlasting love. I believe in your goodness. I believe that you're all powerful. I believe that you're all knowing. So God, I keep saying yes to you. Even when it crucifies my flesh, even when it goes against my natural nature, even when it goes against what I think you should be doing, God, I say yes. I choose you because you've chosen me. I did not choose him to begin with. He chose me. And he chose you. And he chose you to bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of good works. The fruit of a good heart. The fruit of a good mind. The, uh, of a renewed mind. Hey, listen, I love the song we're singing about Lazarus. But you know what? God did more than just raise Lazarus from the dead for you and me. He allowed you not to just get your life back, but to get a life you never had before. That's what's called born again. Born again means a new creation, that which never existed before. God didn't die just to give you a better life. God died to give you a brand new life. That's the beauty of the new creation. And that's part of the problem with the gospel today. People aren't calling people to repentance. They're not calling people to transformation. They're just going to add Jesus to so you can have a better life. No, God wants you to get a brand new life. Your life stinks without God. Do you understand it? It's as a filthy rag. That's why it's not good enough. It'll never measure up. That's why you must be born again. You must be born again. So now, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
Help me to choose the Holy Spirit so that I can identify with the new life that you created in me. So that my mind can be renewed and I can see myself as you see me. And that old tapes that I played are eradicated, demolished, because truth is now filling my heart and my mind. And I'm becoming all that you called me to be. And I'm doing all that you called me to do in a way that's pleasing to you. I'm not working for it. I am yielding to who you have created me to be as a born-again, new-life believer. I'm coming into the knowledge of what God has already done. That's called sanctification. That's called continually saying yes to God's will. The choice we make, the choices we make that are wrong, disobedient to God or against the inner voice of the Holy Spirit will bring the death process. How many of you have willfully chosen to ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit? And you know it the moment you do it. And you just initiated the death process. God, help us. God, help us. Help us to say yes to you. Help us, God, to have the nature and the spirit of Job when he was encouraged to curse you and die. He says, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. See, this is the choice I want to be able to make. Now, the difficulty is, is when you are when you're in a situation that requires you to make that choice. I can say it now because I'm not in that situation. You know, it preaches by the mile, but it lives by the inch. I have no problem worshiping God when I feel Him. I have no problem worshiping God when all my prayers are being answered and everything is working out the way I feel like it should be working out and I'm living that best life now. But what happens... When, when hell is breaking loose, what happens when it's not working out like we want it to, like we thought it should? What happens then? Where is the praise then? See, that's when the sacrifice of praise becomes a real sacrifice. Will I praise him? Even when Job didn't have the revelation we had that this was all coming from the devil, not from God, but from the devil, and Job says, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord give it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm telling you what, that's amazing faith. I mean amazing faith. Your kids have all died. Your, your cattle and everything else has been destroyed. And on top of that, you've got boils and sores. And you've got friends telling you all the ways that you've done it wrong. And why this is happening to you. I don't like the book of Job. But it's one of the oldest books in the Bible. And it's there for a reason. And he had a choice to make. What amazing, what amazing faith he had. And we have choices to make. It's up to us. And you know what comes up inside of us? Yeah, but. Yeah, but. You can just feel it. Like, I feel it rise up in me. Like, 
There's got to be someone to blame. There's no. You know, this just resistance to say, oh, yeah, no, I've got a choice to make here. I've got a choice. Is God God? Do I serve God only because he answers prayers the way I want him to answer? Is that why I serve him or is he God? See, these are, these are the deep things that, that anchor us. And, and Joshua was telling them, look, you're going, God's met his promises. God is faithful. There's a land flowing, flowing full of milk and honey. But I'm telling you, if you carry these other things with you, if you can continue to harbor these things that go against the nature, character, and will and plan of God, they will bring a curse on your life. I want you to choose life. When you don't choose life, you release the demonic process. This is reality. When you don't choose life, you release the demonic process, the process of death. And his emissaries and the spirits of darkness to work havoc. They bring pain, they bring devastation, they bring suffering and hurtful lasting consequences. We have the power to decide. Which we will have. There are two paths, life and death. There are two masters, Christ and his kingdom, or the kingdom of darkness, the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's it. That's all you're given. People will try to tell you there are many paths, there are many ways. It's all eclectic. It doesn't matter. All dogs go to heaven. They do, but cats. And you've got to beware of the cats. They're deceptive. The only cats that make it into heaven are the big ones. See, the fall brought about the little ornery ones. The big ones are the lion of the tribe of Judah, you know, the big cats. Like, yes, but see, when sin entered the world, I'm trying to help you all. There are two forces, there's light and dark. Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God in money. See, God was making a, a point here to say, listen, there's nothing evil about money. There's, there's nothing e evil about this dollar bill in and of itself. In fact, it's a, it's a Christian dollar bill in God we trust. <laughs> See, <clears throat> nothing, nothing evil about this, but the love of it is evil. The love of money, and so God understood there's a spirit behind money. It's called the God of mammon. A God, it's a spirit, it's an idol. And God says, you can't serve this and me. You've got a choice to make. Will you teach this to obey God, or will you serve it? Oh, oh, wallet, oh, wallet, what would you have me give today? Well, I'll throw a dollar in. Well, you know, maybe a two. I'll give God a tip today. Oh, wallet, oh, wallet, what would you have me do? Oh, credit card, oh, credit card, what would you have me I love Dave Ramsey and his plan works. Um, it does. And he says every dollar gets a name before it hits your hand or your pocket. Every dollar gets a name. Where's it go? Determined beforehand where it goes. 
so out of every dollar a dime goes into my tithe bucket 10 percent. that's just where i live abraham did it before the law so don't get on to me about well it's under the law new testament christianity doesn't require this and that and well i know new testament christianity requires all of it <laughs> yeah grace requires all like it's all god so you know if you don't even start at the that level then you're not even you're not at the edge of the pool yet <laughs> you haven't even jumped off so you know all right it's like no i'm not serving you you will serve me and you will serve the purposes of god and if i'll release what's in my hand god will release what's in his and we never know what's on the other side of our obedience it's a choice and you've got to make a decision what are you going to serve? Are you going to fear this, not having enough of it, whatever? Uh, and so, no, I can't afford to give. Are you, are you nuts? You, you, you've got to be, you're, uh, you're thinking unbiblically. You're, you're thinking with your carnal mind. You think you know more than God. You need to repent. You need to stomp fear and excuse and get rid of it and get on God's plan. This is the point. You have a choice. It's up to you. No one has to give. You don't have to give. But as Pastor Kurt exhorted the last week, what happens is you tie the hand of God. You Well, I want food. Well, you didn't plant any seed. Well, then I want the government to do it for me. Well, then they're going to have to steal it from you who do. Because they don't earn any money. You give them all the money they have. You understand that, right? It's called taxation. Let's go on. Pastor Philip, why didn't you pull out your $100 bill? How do you know I've got one in me? Uh-oh, my check's gone. See, the choice is up to you. It's up to me. We choose the attitude we will have. Agree or disagree? We don't. We choose the attitude. You choose the attitude you have right now on how you're listening to me. You're choosing whether you want me to shut up or keep going. <laughs> we choose to live in a Christ-like manner. We either do or we don't. I'm going to respond in a Christ-like manner by the grace of God or I'm not. We choose to love, reject, forgive, or harbor. We make these choices. I'm going to choose to love, forgive, and not harbor any bitterness against you because I want to live a bitter-free life, and I want to honor God. So this is a choice I make. We choose our actions, our deeds, and our behaviors. Yes or no? This isn't Flip Wilson, people. And if you need to know who Flip Wilson is, you'll have to do, go to YouTube and do a history lesson. But what was his famous saying? The devil made me do it. The devil, well, then you need to get rid of your demons. You need to go get an exorcism. <laughs> but I get to choose. Uh, we choose what we meditate on, what we look at, think on, and believe in. We make these choices. We choose the direction we take, our work, and the use of our time, our talent, and our treasure. The choice is up to you. Joshua, the leader of Israel, is coming to the end of his life. He completed the mission of God and given... At him after Moses' death, he led the people into the promised land. He basically says, fear God, 
Serve God and put away your idols. Joshua 24, famous scripture. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I had a discussion with a young man just recently. So I don't, I don't believe Jesus is the only way. And I just can't believe in a God who would allow evil and blessing at the same time. And I just don't buy it. And so we had a deep, deep conversation. And I said, that's up to you. It's your choice. I answered every question he had directly, brought some challenges to it, and I said, I still love you. I still love you no matter what you choose. But God won't make you choose him. He won't. And so I pray. I pray that the eyes of his heart get opened. I pray that the hurt and the pain and other things that are, that are blocking But I've got to give him the same freedom God gives me. Don't I? Do, do I have to give people the same freedom God gives me? God gives me the freedom to tell him no. And I need to give people the same freedom that God gives me. And if you choose to tell God no, that's on you. That's not on me. That's on you. In the book of Genesis, we find this admonition that God gives to Cain. Genesis 4, 6, and 7. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? It's a good question, isn't it? Why, why are you angry? God's asking you that question. Why are you angry? Because he's trying to get to the issue of your heart, your belief system. Why are you angry? And he's talking to Cain. Why, are you, why is your face downcast? And then he says, Cain, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. That's a great picture, isn't it? Isn't that the great picture of what's going on every time decisions are before us? I got the pathway that's narrow that leads to life. I got this broad way that I can take that seems like a lot more fun and it's very easy, but it ends in death. And that's what sin is. Crouching at the door, wanting you, pulling you, pulling you. Just compromise, compromise. Make the decision to compromise. You'll be okay. Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, boys, just bend the knee this one time. Just, you know, you got to bend the knee every now and then. Just make the compromise. You got to live, you know, to play again. And, and so this is how politics goes. And before you know it, you're deep into the game. And you're no longer standing. You're no longer being the righteous one. You have given in to the system. Temptation forces us to decide between doing what is right or doing what is sinful. This is the battle that Cain was fighting. Cain knew what was right to do. The question is, would he do it? In Cain's life, as in ours, sin was pulling him in one direction, and his knowledge of doing what is right was pulling him in the opposite direction. This is something we must all come to grips with. You and I, the choice is up to you. 
And just remember, if you give the devil an inch, he will take you miles down the road further than you wanted to go. The saying goes that, you know, sin will always take you further than you wanted to go. And it always costs you more than you were willing to pay. I want you to stand with me if you would. I'm praying that by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, we may choose to do the right thing. That's my prayer for us as a community of faith, as the temple of God, the church, that we would represent the Lord in a way that's honorable to Him. The choice is up to us. It's up to us. We have the power to choose. C.S. Lewis said this, when the author walks onto the stage, the play is over. God is going to invade, all right, but what is the good of saying you are on his side then when you see the whole natural universe melting away like a dream and something else comes crashing in? This time it will be God without disguise, something so overwhelming that it will strike either irresistible love or irresistible horror into every creature. It will be too late then to choose your side. That will not be the time for choosing. It will be the time when we discover which side we really have chosen, whether we have realized it before or not. Now, today, this moment is our chance to choose the right side. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Noah preached for a hundred years. A hundred years of warning. And violence increased, and people mocked, and they ignored. And then it was too late. The door closed, and it was too late. God doesn't desire any to perish, but all to come to everlasting life. Whosoever will may come. Now is the time to bow your knee. Now is the time to bend your knee. Now is the time to yield your hearts. At your funeral, it's too late. At your funeral, it's too late. At every funeral I've ever attended, every funeral I've ever done, everyone hopes. They hope that this hope. Listen, why? Why? Why would you ever leave people wondering? If you've made your commitment to Christ or not. Why would that ever be in question? Are you hearing me? Choose today whom you will serve. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you have chosen us. And we say yes to you. If you're saying yes to Jesus in a fresh new way, just lift your hand. Just lift your hand. God, I'm, I, I, want, I want to say yes to you. I want my willfulness and my proclivity to blame others and not take personal responsibility and make excuses for my carnality and my, I, God, I want it put away from me. If that's you, just lift your hand because today is the day where you say yes to God in a fresh new way. Today is the day that you open your heart to Jesus, maybe for the first time. Right now, in this moment of decision, you have a decision to make right now. God calls heaven and earth to witness today of the choice that you make. And Father, I lift my hand because I want you. 
I want you in my life. I need you in my life. I cannot do this without you. I cannot be holy without you. I can't make right decisions without you. I can't overcome my carnality and my willfulness and my prejudice and every other sinful activity, God. I cannot do it without you. So I lift my hand and surrender. I lift my hand and I say yes. Yes to your narrow way. Yes to the cross. Yes to self-denial. Yes, oh God, to humility. Yes, oh God, to love. Yes, oh God, to kindness. Yes, oh God, to holiness. Oh God, I say yes to you in Jesus' name. And if that's your prayer, say amen. Say amen. Say amen.